0: Good evening everybody and uh, thank you for staying with us on SAFM and for joining us on SAFM Spot on uh, this evening with me Tabi Somosia, Katleku and Timothy, producing the show. It is a flashback Friday and uh, tonight we're in conversation with the legendary South African and international umpire Mr. Cyril Mitchley who retired in uh, 2014 after dedicating his life to the Gentleman's Game for over 60 years. He was actually a player but uh, obviously some of us know him from his uh, time as an umpire so uh, we're going to be in conversation for the next Hour with Mr. Cyril Mitchley. If you have any questions, uh, please feel free to join our conversation at any time. You can send your voice notes to this WhatsApp number right now. It is 061 4104107. I will repeat that 061 4104107. And our SMS number is uh, 41391. And if you want to Call us and talk to the men directly. Then the studio number is 0891 104207. And of course, Mr. Cyril Mitchley was a match referee, a first class umpire, a test umpire, international umpire, as I've mentioned. And uh, he officiated uh, in uh, 26 test matches and 61. ODIs between 1992 and 2000. It was before the days of the T20s there, so I'm sure he would have had a, t- a couple of T20s under his belt. But before we hear from Mr. Cyril Mitchley, we actually have a double-header of umpires this evening, the past and the future, as to that interview with Oabong Ilesodumo after this break, and then uh, later on we'll hear from Mr. Cyril Mitchley. Zanzi's Sporting
1: Milestones, Moments and Stories. Flashback Fridays with Tabiso Musea
0: now we are going to talk to the past uh, mr cyril mitch legendary uh, south african and international umpire we're going to talk about his career and about his journey and uh, also maybe you can give a few tips to the up-and-coming umpires uh like or mazizi and uh, or abongile Sodumo there and uh, let's welcome then on the line mr cyril mitchley who joins us good evening mr mitchley thank you very much for taking our call and being able to speak to us on safm tonight it's an honor for us to speak to you sir Okay, we don't have him on the line. Okay, apologies for that. I think he's back now. Mr. Mitchley, good evening, sir, and thank you very much for speaking to us on SAFM tonight.
2: It's a pleasure.
0: Thank you very much, Mr. Mitchley. What are you up to these days? Are you enjoying retirement?
2: (laughs) (laughs) At at 82, I've done a a hell of a lot of retirement. (laughs) But But I miss the game terribly.
0: Yes, are you itching to get involved still?
2: Uh, at 82, you can't get too involved, you know what I mean? Mm.
0: And are you still following the game? Are you still advising? Oh, no, 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 no,
2: no. Still cricket is number one in my life, right outside of my family. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, you served the game for over 60 years, Mr. Cyril I are, are you happy with your contribution?
2: Yes, I just wish I could have done a little bit more in the beginning mm-hmm. uh, to where we're heading now.
0: And and what exactly do you mean by that?
2: I I don't like what I'm what, what I'm hearing everywhere you everywhere you you sort of if, if you if you speak to someone from from Johannesburg or Pretoria they're having problems in their associations. Mm. I think you've heard it yourself.
0: Yes, no, you know, there's
2: always it. money shortages and it's this and it's that. Uh, I I don't like that part of it. Mm. And what are you? Unpo- unfortunately, yes. it's there, and. Uh,
0: what do you think has led to that, Mr. Mitchley, in your opinion, from where you are sitting
2: well it's uh, i I'm, I'm quite sure it's from the early days of apartheid mm. well, so I'm quite sure it's a kick on, and we're probably going to have it for another ten fifteen years
0: Yes yes, so it's the legacy of apartheid, according to you
2: uh look it's it, it, it's, it's terribly wrong it's um let me just give you a quick story in my youth. Mm. I come from a very poor suburb called Bertrams.
0: Uh,
2: and I don't know if you know where that is. Petrums. Bertrams? Bertrams, near, near Ellis Park Tennis courts. Oh,
0: yes, 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 yeah, in Joburg, That's
2: yes. It's, it's a very poor f- uh, uh, area. And my, my friends were Indians and, and, and a couple of black guys. And most of them are dead now, yeah. but that is how I grew up. I grew up with them. You know, when we went down to Fuller Park to play football or cricket or whatever it is, it was those seven Indians and black guys and myself, and we playing against white guys. So I was always on the side of Indians and and um, and black guys. Mm-hmm. So I, I've never had a problem. Never, ever in my life have I had a problem with them. Mm-hmm. My, my biggest thing is I, I sympathise them. For the uphill battle that, that 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 they had to take to get where they are today.
0: Yes.
1: And if, if this
2: if this happened twenty years earlier, things might have been sorted out by now. Mm. And you know, and you and I both know, it's not sorted out.
0: Yes, we still have a long way. Still have a long, a long, long
2: I, I believe, a long, long way, and it's not good for the game. Mm. And Our guys will improve. No matter who we put into the teams, they will improve. But I think with people pulling out of cricket, uh, people want to... And I talk mainly about the whites. Yes. They don't want to play anymore. Uh, so you've got, to, you've got to go to Soweto and try and sort those out or wh- wherever it is. I, I, we've got a hell of a long way to go. But I'm, I'm hoping that I'm still alive when it happens.
0: Yes. And why do you think it has taken so long to transform Mr. Cyril Mitchell?
2: What do I think of what, sorry?
0: Why do you think it has taken so long just for the game to transform?
2: Well, it's a hell of a hit back when, when you think about blacks and Indians. and they, ne- they never had anything. You know, in in my day, at at the grounds that I played on or what I grew up on, they used to have the municipalities to employ a guy. We called him a parkie. He had a uniform, and he used to make sure that only whites played on there. Now we used to play at Fuller Park, which is near Ellis Park. And when you saw this guy coming, all the black guys and the, and the, and the, the Indian guys and in that we were playing had to disappear until he went back to with He had to do two or three parks at the same time, a routine sort of thing. Hmm. Now I, I I can still recall some of their faces when they saw the when they saw this guy coming down the road with a cane in his hand and his uniform just to chase them off the football field so they couldn't play. Now, that to me was cool. And, um, and anyway, that, that's what it was. Uh, I'm well past it. Mm. And I've been around the world a few times, and I can tell you what, every country has prob- problems, but we have a big problem as far as sport is concerned.
0: Yeah, no, indeed. And I'm glad you are
2: not only cricket, it's soccer as well. Yes. It's, yes. it's now coming into rugby. Yes. We we we've, we've we've got to do something about it. We've got to get guys who want to be in there because they love the game, not for the money that they can get. Yeah. You know, but hey, I live with the times, and I suppose you do too as well. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but do you think there's a will, a willingness to transform?
2: I think there is. I think there is. You know, you see such a such a big change today, like. <laughs> Uh, I mean, when I was a, when a young guy, they weren't allowed to go to to tea rooms, to to uh, restaurants. They weren't allowed to go to the theaters. They weren't allowed to do anything. Now today they can do it, but it's still not a hundred percent.
0: Yeah, now let's hope we'll we've
2: got to there. we've got to give them a little bit more.
0: Definitely, and uh, we've got a. Uh, voice note already that's come through from Mr. Cyril Mitchell, who is our guest tonight on SAFM. And uh, it uh, the number to send your WhatsApp voice notes to is 61 4104
1: Hi, guys. Great show. I was a when, who I can only refer to as Uncle Cyril, was standing in the middle. And I really am interested as somebody who would have seen the great part of the transformation project of cricket in South Africa, sport in general, and the country at large. What were his thoughts when the Black Lives Movement was taking center stage a couple of months ago and the conversations that have since been taking place in terms of how cricket was in many respects part of an institution that challenged the existence of your African colored and Indian players from an umpire's perspectives does he have any relationship with the players on the field of play could he relate experiences that now that when he thinks back certainly would not stand the test of time in the true sense now given all that has been said also his relationship with Steve Bucknell Steve Bucknell at the time was at the top of his game But, of course, he was one of very, very few black men in the game standing in the middle. His perspectives on all of this would be appreciated. Thank you.
0: Thanks for that uh, voice note there. Uh, I'm sure that is Songyezo, our very own Songyezo Mapekka, but if it is him, he should know better because he always tells his listeners to keep them to under a minute. But thanks for that voice note, Um Mr. Micheli, he wants to know what, what, I think we've already touched on this, but what do you make of the revelations of the past few weeks or few months where black cricketers have been t- talking about their challenges and uh, the discrimination that they've experienced in uh, the systems here in South African cricket? Uh, you
2: know... It's, it's It's a hell of a hard passage to follow, but i i i i I'm gonna repeat myself and I'm gonna say we have to do something another way um, if i if I, if I said to you uh I still know people who are racists uh and uh, I mean just walk around joburg and you'll find out that it's still there. it's not gone completely. Mm. But it has gone away a lot, um, so I, I I just got this feeling about racism, um, and and it's still around, but we've still got a long way to go. Yeah.
0: He also wanted to know about your relationship with Steve Buckner, the Buckner, the great West Indian umpire. But Buckers,
2: Buckers <laughs> was one of the great umpires of the world, West Indian. Um, I did a lot of work with uh, with Steve uh, Buckner. Um, and he never had a problem, and I never had a problem. we actually shared a room a couple of times we we were involved in the 96 World Cup final together when I was with TV umpire to him and um and dave Shepard from england and uh, and uh, 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 Steve Steve Bucknell was one of the great guys that I knew black guys now i'm going i'm going to give you a little story about Steve Bucknell, if yes, I may
0: yes please Steve
2: Steve Bucknell was one of the few players that actually refereed a World Cup, a World Cup game soccer, in Jamaica. He was a soccer referee, and then he became an international uh, cricket umpire. Now um, that's fact. That's, that's fact. Incredible. Hell of a sense of humour. He is six foot, six foot six or six foot five, and his wife is about five foot two. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, but a great guy, one of one of the great umpires of the world. Him and Dave Shepard. Shep's gone now, mm-hmm. but Ducker's. No, no. Him and I did a few games. And no, no. He was. He's one of the top umpires that I I stood with.
0: Great stuff. And and many people, Mr. Cyril Mitchie, might not be aware that you actually had a playing career. Um. Even I saw that when we were preparing for this interview. You played for the then Transvaal. How would you describe your playing career?
2: Look, I, I, I was mainly in the, in the Transvaal B side. As a, I was a wicketkeeper batsman. Mm. And then when the Gillette Cup started, it was a 60-over competition. I played for Transvaal A under Ali Baha. Uh But here's he another little story for you. I was a soccer professional, not only here, but in England. No way. Really? I'm telling you. I played for a club called Brothers... It married Brothers. They became Brothers. All white. Well, understand this. All white. No blacks. No Indians. No nothing. All white. And then in 1958, I got an offer to go and play at Sheffield United. <laughs> uh, and, and then I went, I went over there. And it was only there in 1958... It was, if you were a Man United supporter, you'd know what happened in 1958. 1958 to February of 1958, Manchester United crashed the airplane. The airplane crashed at Munich after mm. playing a European Cup game against Bayern Munich. And mm. it killed half of the, of the Man United players, the Busby Babes. The Busby Babes, yes. And, but I, was there, uh, then I arrived in England in, in in September of that year, and it was still like a graveyard. It killed probably one of the greatest uh, club uh, club sides ever. It just massacred that club for a while. Sure. So, the, getting, yes. Get, getting back to cricket.
0: No, not, before you go back to cricket, uh, um, how was your time at Sheffield United then? Did you make the first team? Did you play any matches?
2: No, I didn't. I didn't actually crack it. Mm. I, I had eight, eight, um, eight months there. And I played my, in the second side and the third side but their second side was made up of ex-blokes who played in the first side or got injured and were coming back. So it was a hell of a hard league. And the conditions in 1958, it was no underground heating. The ball was a, a, a leather ball, and it had a lace on it when you hit that ball. Well, with a head, you knew you were... Uh, it was completely different compared to today. the. Obviously, the, the 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 rules of the game have changed. Mm. But, have uh, you play in snow or you play in mud? And and you coming from South Africa or coming from Joburg, When you when I'm playing all my football at the at the Rand Stadium, uh, <laughs> big difference. <laughs> so I did I didn't really crack it, but I was a professional. Then I was the first player. The P.E. City, Port Elizabeth City, bought. Oh. They bought me from Brothers. And, and I went, da- went down there, and that's where I met my wife.
0: <laughs> what a great story. I know P.E. City very well, actually, from P.E. So you said you played for the B team of Transvaal. How Was the A team that good that you couldn't crack it, and who were some of the players at the time?
2: Well, well uh, um, the, being a wicketkeeper, I had the Springbok wicketkeeper to contain, uh, called Johnny White. Oh. Oh, and he my. was a brilliant wicketkeeper. But in, the, in the, 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 uh, the the Gillette, the sole selector was Ali Bacher. And Ali, one night, was working out his team in bed with his wife. And she said, oh, I don't know, we need a wicketkeeper. Shall we try that? And his wife, Shira, okay. Shira Bacher, said, Ali, aren't you forgetting about somebody? Forgetting about Suttle. <laughs> <laughs> and I can actually say that she'd have picked me in the Transvaal side.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. And how competitive was the scene at the time? Uh, the cricket scene.
2: Uh, look, it was it, it was purely white. I mean, that is... nothing like today. Okay. But um, the, the the cricket, I have to say, is was very very strong. Probably more stronger than it is today. Um, is it, I don't know if it was the schoolings that, the, that everybody went through. I, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure about that. Yeah. But um, it, it, before you could play for Transvaal A or Transvaal B, you, when they weren't playing, you had to play for your club. So your club scene was very, very strong. You know, old Parks, Wanderers, old Edwardians, old Johanians, all over. Uh, exceptionally strong. But um, there was no money about. You didn't get paid. Now with money about, dogs play for the Haifelph Lions or they play for the, the Dolphins or whatever, mm. and they get paid. They don't. When they come back, they don't want to play for their club. Even if they've got a spare weekend, you don't find them playing club cricket. And this to me is wrong. Yeah, to get back to, to, to umpiring... Yeah, um, there is not enough of the old blokes that did umpire that are putting back something into umpiring so you're getting a lot of black guys and they're coming through to become umpires mm. and they're not bad, some of them but they, you always like I needed someone to guide me when I did my first provincial game mm. I need someone that I could say hang on a minute, did I do the right thing or did I do the wrong thing you need the same thing when these guys come out and play umpire club cricket
0: And why did you make the step up from playing to umpiring? Was it always the plan?
2: No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It it happened one night at View Country Club. Um, A guy called Rod Payton um, had just umpired us and we were in the pub having a beer. And he said to me, I I said, at the end of this season, Rod, I'm calling it quits and I'm going to go and play bowls. He said, why don't you try and become an umpire? He said, you know the game, you've been in the game a long time, boom, boom, boom. Why don't you become an umpire? And I said, nah, take all the rubbish and the crap that I used to give umpires and another beer and another beer. And I said, Rod, were you serious about me becoming an umpire? And he said, yes. He said, I'll pick you up at your house. I lived in Kensington at the time. I'll pick you up and I'm going to take you to an umpire's meeting. And when I walked into that umpire's meeting, there must have been about uh, 30 or 40 uh, umpires there. They all stood up and they clapped me. I said, what the hell are they clapping me for? He said, because all of them expect you to become an umpire. And that's how it started. Great. And in my first day or my first year of umpiring, I umpired more. I stood more uh, hours on the field than any other umpire. And we had some veterans there, Hayward Kitson, who stu- stood in test matches. Mm. We had stood more. We had uh, a lot of uh, classy umpires. But I did more work because I said, I'm going to have a go. I'm going to have a full go from the beginning. And that's how I started becoming an umpire. And, and in o- my, in, yes. my study, in my first league game in Florida, um I went and umpired, and at the end of the game, they called me. The, the flooded uh, team called me into the dressing room, and a speech was made by Brian McMillan, and he said, Cyril we want to know how great it was to have you as a cricket umpire on the field." <laughs> and that made my, that made me a, that made me an umpire. Great
0: stuff. And what qualities does one need, Mr. Cyril Mishu to become a good umpire? And do you have to have played the game before?
2: Not necessary. We had one or two who didn't play, but I think to become a top-class umpire, I think you have to have played the game and and, and possibly at a high level. Well, not a so high level, <coughs> at a provincial level or a, We 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 had a a, a, um, a, a player. He was a Springbok. Lee uh, Lee. What was his name? He, he, he decided to become an umpire. He did one game and said, no, I contact this rubbish. And he did one game and never umpired another. I mean, he was a springback. <laughs> but uh, I've had some marvelous experiences at umpiring. Mm. Um, I stood with a guy called Steve Randell. Yes. He's probably the best umpire I've ever stood with. Mm. I was the first outsider, if I may just tell you this, I was the first outsider to umpire an ashes Test match. Oh, when I, In the early days, there were two, if you played in Australia, there were two Australian umpires. If you played in England, there were two English umpires. The well, ICC then decided, hang on a minute, we'll have one home, um, one home umpire and an outsider. And I became the first outsider to do an ashes Test match.
0: <coughs> okay, we've got a couple of voice notes here for our guest, Mr. Cyril Mitchley. Let's
3: play them. Good evening, Tabiso, and good evening uh, to your guest, uh, Mr. Cyril uh, Mitchley. You're speaking to Libra here in East London. Now, one of the best empires in the world, uh, if not the best, uh, Maria Rasmus. uh, He won a consecutive uh, ICC Empire of the Year in 2016 and in 2017. Um, What can you say about Maria Rasmus uh, flying the flag of South Africa high in the world? um is he the the best empire in the world at the moment is he your best empire um as an, an empire um thank you very much uh, tabiso uh, you're speaking to libra here thank
0: you SFM, uh you've got a legend there uh, mr mitchley himself uh, mr contender are you ready um this is <laughs> Kampo. i'd like to say thank you so much for the experience that you've shared with us and um I'm quite honoured um, to to mention you as one of the guys or one of the people that actually shared some some experience and made sure that we succeed in the
3: cricketing environment, especially in empiring. So, yeah, I'd just like to wish him well on everything, and um, he's quite a legend. And for that, I'll always remember him, and I'll always be grateful to have met him in my life. Thank you.
0: Thank you for those voice notes. Keep them coming on 0614104107. That was Mazizi Gampo, Mr. Mitchley. He's just been promoted to the first class panel of umpires along with Abongi Duma who we had from earlier on. What uh, advice What advice do you have for these guys?
2: Well, first of all, thank you for those kind words. Uh, the, 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 uh, uh, then he went back to Maria Rasmus. In my opinion, Maria Rasmus is still the best umpire in the world. Mm-hmm. And he'll always be rated, even if he's not number one, You'll be in the top three. But, uh, a story for you that Nerea Erasmus best figures, uh, he played for Burland, believe it or not, mm-hmm. as a bowler. His best figures were 6 for 28 or something. Um, a, a guy called Brian Jury and myself umpired the game. It was New Zealand played against Burland. And after the first day, we had to call the game off because there, it was a newly laid pitch and the mm-hmm. pitch had tracks in it. And 10 guys got hit on my head.
0: At Bullen Park?
2: At Bullen Park. <laughs> that was the first game ever played at Bullen Park. And um, we, I said to Ken Rutherford, who was the captain of, of New Zealand, yes, and to, I can't remember the name of the Bullen captain, I said, and they said, somebody's going to get killed here. We've got to play a test match in Durban, which I was at the umpire. Mm. We had to... Um, he said, someone will get hurt, and we're going to be a couple of players. And I said, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll finish the first day, and we'll start the second day, and the first guy that gets hit on the head in the second day, we'll call it off. Well, let me tell you, Boland were out for 86, and New Zealand were out for, for 88, or something like that, in the 80s. Um the next day, I was standing and a block, uh, one of the uh, ball-on players got hit on the head. And I went to Brian and I said, we made a, an agreement. Let's call it off. So the game wasn't completed. We called the game off on the second day because of a dangerous pitch. Mm. And um, just... and But Maria Rasmus, at the end of that day, a game, he came and sat in the dressing with me and he said to me, "Sir, what do I have to do to become a top umpire? I said, first of all, you know the laws of the game. The second thing, you've got to, you can't, I don't recommend that you play and you umpire at the same time. You either play or you umpire. And we sat for about an hour and a half at Borland Park in the dressing room discussing the pros and the cons of cricket umpiring. And um, I got a, um, a program from him where he wrote an article in a, I don't know who it was. It was England and somebody in, I think it was a Trent Bridge. Mm. And he wrote, and in this article he said, my mental soul actually helped me and this or whatever. And um, I, I I not, I'm not being biased. I think he's still the best umpire in the world, and he probably will be for another couple of years. If his whole attitude towards cricket is the right attitude, he's not a bloke that jumps to conclusions. He's he's easygoing. He's quiet, and uh, he's always got something nice to say about <coughs> sorry about someone else. Yeah. No, no, the what's is there to stay. Top one. As number one for a while at least.
0: And when I look at your career, um, Mr. Cyril Mitchell, it says you started umpiring in Test cricket in 1992. Is is mm-hmm. that correct? And was it because of South Africa being banned from international activity that you could only... Yes.
2: Oh. Yes, it started with, with the Rebels. Yes. When the rebel, when sh- um, um, the West Indies came here, there was a side from Sri Lanka that came here. Uh, <coughs> that's when I started... In those days, they still call it test matches, but they don't call it test matches today. It's not recognised today um, because it was rebel, mm, 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 and mm. Um, that's 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 the story of the rebel years.
0: Yeah. So when South but Africa the, was but re- the rebel
2: years started yes. it, started it off. I mean, every guy at Sri Lanka that toured South Africa was suspended for life. Do you know that?
0: Yes. Yes. Yes.
2: Well, I went to do a test match there, and I was standing in the, the pitch before the game, so and a guy came up and said, Sirle, do you remember me? I said, no. He said, I toured with um, the Rebel Sri Lankan side. And that Rebel Sri Lankan side would not have beaten our top club side.
0: <laughs> we'll take your wait for it there are a few incidents that stand out when people talk about your your, your umpiring your officiating career mr cyril michley i want to play this clip and i want to find out from you how much do you remember about this incident
3: watch now a historic moment in world cricket umpire Cyril Mitchley not sure and indicating to the third umpire in the umpire's room with a monitor, a television monitor and uh, anxiously the players waited for the decision as to whether there was a run out or not fine fielding by John T Rhodes who else one of the most exciting fielders in the world and good work by Andrew Hudson at the stumps, and uh, the television replay and the slow motion clearly showing that Tendulkar was out of his ground. There's the green light from the third umpire, Carl Liebenberg, indicating to the two umpires out at uh, the wicket that it was out, and Tendulkar run out, the first man run out with the aid of television, an historic moment. Yes, indeed.
0: Yeah, that one, people always talk about it. I'm sure you remember it like yesterday, the first referral to a third umpire in Test cricket history.
2: Correct. And I I felt strange standing at Kingsmead showing the sign of a television set. I said, what the (laughs) hell is cricket going to But it was Ali Buffer's innovation. Mm. He's the bloke that started it. And at the end of the day, he came into the dressing room. Obviously, the press went around because it was the first uh, TV run out. And, and I said to him, Ali, as a friend, tell me how far down the road are you going with this technical stuff, this TV replays and that? And he said to me, Cyril, it won't go further than lying decisions. That means run outs and stumpings. And look at it today. Every decision in cricket now—if you're not certain—you can refer it.
0: And what are your um, views on that? On the sorry. DR? What are your views on that decision review system?
2: Look, if it's if it's, you know cricket and soccer and rugby and anything is not perfect. You get a referee is going to make a soccer is going to make a a mistake or a rugby referee is going to make a mistake or whatever. Why can't a cricket umpire make a mistake? But to say, no, that soccer referee made a mistake and it cost us a goal, or the cricket umpire made a mistake and it cost us the game, whatever. I still say you must allow umpires to, be, to, to, to make decisions and make mistakes. Your better umpires will make fewer mistakes, and obviously the ones who make plenty of mistakes will find themselves not, uh, not umpiring or whatever. So, uh, but I am split there. Sometimes you say, "Hang on a minute, that's out," and the umpire said it's not out, and boom, up comes uh, the the, the TV replay, play, and he's out. So, yes, in a way, it's good, but in a way, maybe I'm from the old school. I believe that umpire should be allowed to make mistakes. So when I make the one who makes a few mistakes he's the one who's the top umpire
0: we're going to play another incident let's see how much you remember what you can tell us about uh, this one uh, let's go Hold to a it big left. effort
3: from uh, walsh and bishop and you got that also from benjamin i like it in all the hustle and bustle and tension of a test match that was brilliantly done Nice sense of humour.
0: Okay, is that the one? I I don't think that's the one. Actually, we were looking for the one. Apologies for that. We were looking for the one with Kenny Benjamin in 1995, Mister Cyril Mitchley. M- where you forgot to give him the ball.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I remember it well, and it wasn't done deliberately. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just forget? What 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 the story is when a when a batsman is out, you collect the ball. Yes. So they can't tamper with a ball or whatever. You keep that gun. And I put mine in my pocket. And, in, and the game continued. And Kenneth Benjamin ran up. And he, and he bowled nothing. And I said, what the hell's happened? Where's the ball? <laughs> and he said to me, hey, Cyril, give us the ball. It's in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I felt incredible. a little bit embarrassed. But I made, it, I made it as if it was a joke. Mm. But it wasn't a joke. I actually forgot that the ball was in my pocket. <laughs>
0: And and which other incident stands out for you that you can share with us from your time um, in the middle?
2: Okay. Um, It was the 100th Corneal Test. Now, Corneal used to sponsor Test Match Cricket in England. Okay. And I was standing with Dickie Bird, which everybody knows, Dickie Bird. Yes, yes. yes. um, In in Manchester, um, between um, England and the West Indies. Now, in this test matches, in this test match, so much happened that some umpires don't see in a lifetime. <clears throat> Let me give you an example. I, the the first incident was uh, I was involved in a hat trick. Oh. I gave two lbws in a hat trick to Dominic Cork. it um, was um, who, who were who the guys that I, that were out? I can't remember. Mm. Anyway. I... I I, I gave a hat trick, and I think it was the first or the second over of a day's play. Mm. So people weren't even seated down when there was a hat trick. Um, the, the, the second thing was uh, we came off for bright light. Now, understand <laughs> what I'm saying? Bright light. Bright
0: light, not bed light.
2: <laughs> bright light. What <laughs> happened at, at Old Trafford? There are two grandstands with. And a gap in between the two grandstands, and in between the grandstands was a, 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 a what do they call them? A, a lighthouse, not a lighthouse, um, a, a greenhouse, mm-hmm. where they grew lawn or whatever it is. And at a certain time of the day, the sun shone into the light to the, the greenhouse, and it reflected back onto the pitch, into the batsman's eyes. Mm. So we had an early tea. Dickie bird and myself in that same test match the is it the sun newspaper they've yes, no, yes, got a the tablet a, a picture on page three of a girl half naked or whatever the yes, story is that's the sun. they employed a very well endowed young lady to take her top off jump over the fence and charge Dickie bird who was a confer- he still is a confirmed bachelor and i was at square leg, and i heard a commotion behind me and i turned around and i saw this well-endowed lady come running and they were going up and down and you know what i'm talking about <laughs> and the, the 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 security guys were after her and dickie Bird got into the to, to the onto the pitch and he looked at me as as to say sir please Bail me out. Get me out of this. And I retreated further down the pitch, and I was was signaling a short run. There was no cricket being played. Fortunately for Dickie, um, the the security got to her, put a jacket over, and they took her out. I don't know if I... And I believe that the Sun newspaper paid for that. She she got paid by the Sun newspaper. That was probably... And in that same game, I saw some of the most ferocious bowling from the West Indians, uh, and England needed 180 or 190 to win, and they lost seven wickets getting it. Oh. And uh, let me tell you, I thought that day somebody could get killed. Sure. But uh, they got the run, seven wickets down. But how many guys see all of that? All of that have told in you. In one game. In, in one test match.
0: <laughs> I can imagine the headline. And it the was song. the
2: 100th corneal
0: taste Dickie fails to catch a bird anyway uh, we've got another voice note let's play it before we wrap up
1: Hi Mr. Cyril great having you on the show and listening to you Uh, just one question how did it make you feel or did you ever come across people of colour that had talent to make the team but couldn't make it
0: how did it make you feel when they were your friends, etc.? Thank you, Alan, Eastern Cape. Okay, thanks for that, Alan. Did you get that, Mr. Mitchell? Yes,
2: I got it. Uh, as I said to you earlier, before I grew up, I played most of my my, my sport before I was twelve with uh, with coloureds and Indians and 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 and, and black eyes. Mm. Uh, It 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 didn't make me feel all that good. There were one or two guys uh, that should have made the side that didn't make the side. But there were also one or two guys who crossed the path in the early days of Premier League. I think Tiffy Barnes was one of them, mm. uh, a colored guy who's still a friend of mine today. Uh, and and there was someone else, I can't remember his name, mm. but uh, there, there were one or two Especially when, they, uh, when two sides were uh, uh, admitted to the, to the Premier League. One, um, one was called Cohenur, which was an all Indian side, and the other side, I think, was called, uh, I can't remember. Uh, but there, there were one or two players. If you look at the standards today, that they're putting players into the, uh, into the, the Lions and have a these guys were the sort of the same the same in the same situation but they weren't getting a game mm. it didn't make me feel all that good um, and and i and I'll tell you I've, i I nearly got locked up with with this I was captain of my side as a junior under twelves called it under twelves mm. and we used could and sometimes you couldn't play on municipal grounds or something, so we used to go and play at the Jeppy Mine Dumps, which was flat on the top. And if we played soccer there, your goalposts were two bricks on either side, you've seen it yourself. Yes, yes, yes um, of course. And one day, in the distance, we saw a a, a, a car coming along, and it was the police. Mm-hmm. So obviously all the guys that were playing... I was the only white in, I think there were 16 of us, eight, eight aside, and I was the only white. And all of them ran. And I said, well, I'm white. I, I don't have to run. Mm-hmm. And the, they said, well, you know, why are you playing with colors and things like that? And they put me in the, in the, the squad car mm-hmm. and took me to Jebby Police Station. And I got a clap there. I got a clap on my ear saying, we we'll ah. catch you playing with them again next time. Now, I can't go and tell my dad Because my dad will go there and uh, they'll probably give my dad a club. (laughs)
0: <laughs> sure. Okay, we what a great story! What a great storyteller, Mr. Cyril Mitchley. Unfortunately, we've just run out of time. We need to go to news, but it's been a pleasure and an honor for us to chat to you, your wonderful storyteller. And we're gonna check up with you once in a while just to pick your brain on a number of cricket-related matters, especially when it comes to uh, officiating and being an umpire. But we just have to leave it there for now. But thank you very much, sir, for speaking to us. It's a, once again, uh, we, it's, it's really an honor for us to speak to you, and we wanted to give you the respect that you deserve.
2: Sure. So, and, and I fell for that. And okay.
0: Oh, okay, he's still going on. <laughs> okay, I'm going to call him offline. We're going to continue this conversation, but we have to go to news, guys. Uh, thank, Thanks for listening.